This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about why people have this cognitive distortion that their partner's personality is not... um, consistent and instead the same parts of their partner's personality that are good in other contexts should somehow magically be modified around the partner. And uh, I will discuss this in depth along with it's pretty much my favorite topic overall. There's no free lunch. We have to, as adults, be objective about the fact that there are positives and negatives to everything and that objectivity can allow for a healthier and more balanced worldview as well as a healthier and more balanced relationship uh, and expectations for a relationship. Before we do that, I must tell you to subscribe because the next one coming up right after this is going to be on why it is actually a positive thing for women to complain about how much sex you want within an intimate, loving relationship. So a lot of particularly rejection-sensitive or preoccupied attachment, those are basically uh, similar same kind of construct, men uh, take this the wrong way. So if they were to overhear or even to be told directly, oh my God, you want sex all the time, there are ways that that is positive, that isn't always negative. And we will discuss the differences between when it's positive and negative and why it's actually kind of a good thing in the majority of relationships and what it, it, it is a proxy variable for. So hopefully that piqued your interest enough to subscribe because the subscription's pretty cheap when you compare it in any way to ongoing therapy. It is uh, really almost free. It is $5.99 a month and you get like unlimited access. I have like hundreds of episodes <laughs> and uh, a quarter of them are going to be and are actually by now subscription only. So anyhow, let's move on to today's topic. So today's topic is why there is no free lunch with your partner's personality. And this is something that you really need to introspect about. So pick the thing that most annoys you about your partner. So for a lot of women, it'll be that the guy's arrogant. So, okay, he's arrogant. What else do you like about your partner? If he's an arrogant guy, it's usually that he was ambitious, that he was independent, that he does his own thing, that he doesn't give a shit what people think, that he can make his own path, maybe he's self-made, maybe he manages other people as his job, maybe he created a business, who the fuck knows, but he did some pretty kind of alpha stuff that you like. Now, how in the world is this man then going to fall into line like a little pussycat when you want him to do that? (laughs) It's just not going to happen. If you are selecting a mate based on that they are in some ways alpha and impressive and they are their own man, guess what? It's their own, they're their own man. You got it. You got what you wanted. They're their own man. And they're not your man, except in title only at times. They are always going to want to keep doing their own thing. They're always going to have this same sort of arrogant style that serves them well outside of the home. They're going to do it inside the home. Now, this doesn't mean that people cannot, of course, learn. I work with this personality type all the time, the self-made man, somebody 
who is uh, fairly self-aggrandizing at home and it's not working and the same sorts of things that got him to be successful aren't working with his wife and we can totally modify this behavior. Uh, We can't create him into a different person, certainly not, but he can at least understand and empathize with his wife's perspective and perhaps on the margins he can grow more uh, communicative and uh, even have a little bit less of a cocky attitude. But is he going to have a personality um, replacement? Is there some sort of a surgical excising of his arrogance and replacing with only niceness only to you, but he still is successful in the same kind of alpha way outside? No, no, this is crazy. So you certainly... Couples counseling, again, and individual counseling can help people modify certain core aspects of their communication style. However, you, on the other hand, have to say, what are the key components of my person, of my partner's personality that, in fact, are positive, that I used to think of as good in all these other ways, but then somehow did I have a fantasy that this would change when it came to me and or the children? Frequently, people do. You know, so again, that same arrogant guy, he's going to be kind of a dick when he's playing basketball with your son or whatever. He's going to trash talk a little bit with your teenage son. And if you say, oh my God, that's going to ruin my son's self-esteem. Well, I mean, A, it uh, refer back to my podcast on your husband's allowed to treat the kids differently than you do. But B, this is the same guy. This is his personality. Your son will learn this is dad's personality. Unless dad is like a huge raging asshole that anybody would say is a horrible person, it's, it's usually nothing to even be concerned about at all. What is the most frequent equivalent that I see with when men do this? When the woman laid back like a doormat and let you do everything you wanted. So, you know, it would be related to this personality type I originally brought up, the arrogant guy. So who do these guys often partner with? A woman who deals with their shit, right? And doesn't complain. So the woman who let you pick the restaurant, let you pick when you're going to go play golf, let you pick when you're going to not play golf, let you get extremely drunk and then took care of you when you're hungover the next day. Guess how she's going to act with your kid? Uh, your kid's going to run the show too. No fucking kidding. Think about it pragmatically. The same personality type that put up with your shit is going to let your kid railroad her too. So I see a lot of men that say, why can't my wife be an effective disciplinarian? Does she, is she an effective disciplinarian with you when you do shit that you shouldn't do? No. She has let you do whatever you want. And you, when it was towards you, you thought of this as laid back, supportive, patient. <laughs> and then you come home. You see your kids are like coloring on the sofa. And your wife says, I don't know what to do. I thought, you know, I, th- I thought it was good for their creativity. Yeah, of course she's that person. And you liked it. You liked it. You couldn't have got along with another type A like yourself, probably tried to date women like that, and it didn't go anywhere. They were mad at you all the time, or you thought that they were rigid bitches, right? So what did you end up with is a real laid-back person, and she's going to be real laid-back everywhere. And then if you start to think, oh my God, maybe she wasn't laid-back, maybe she just enables assholes, 
yes, I'm sure you have a point, but this is the person that you picked. So does it mean that you can't learn more effective strategies to parent or that she can't or that she cannot never go to therapy and, uh, you know, figure this shit out? Of course she can. But then the irony comes that when she's working with somebody who says, don't let the kids treat you like garbage, then they're also going to say something about some of your behavior that's self-centered. And, oh, and wait, why is he going away for 12 hours to play golf and leaving you with the kids after you had a hard week? I don't understand. So it's there's no free lunch. Either somebody is one way um, with you and the world, or they're not. There are not a lot of, in this example, there's not a lot of women who are going to be real soft, easy, loving, and patient with you, but then not that with the children. Would the children be more of a hard ass, maybe the tiger mom that you yourself had that got you to be such an alpha or whatever? She can't be two different people at the same time. It doesn't make any sense, nor can the arrogant guy. Now let's flip to the obvious other example of both. So then there is the man who's too passive and the woman loved this. She loved it in the courtship. She got to pick everything. She got to pick where they went on vacation. She got to pick if they went on vacation. She got to pick when their work was important and when being together as a couple was important. Every place they traveled, everything they did, the house, every aspect of the wedding, every aspect of the furniture, everything. It was just wonderful. She had infinity choices. And now the honeymoon stage has, has, you know, run its course and she's met a few other people. She's evolved as a human being. And now she thinks, oh, but that guy at work that's more like me, you know, like he's, he's more of a go-getter. Boy, it would be nice to be with somebody like that. Yeah, but guess what? Guess who would not have been able to pick the entire wedding down to whatever crazy shit you had for like the entire wedding week or whatever? You know, like that guy would have been like, mm, I don't care. I, I, I don't even want to do a big wedding. I've always felt like eloping. That's what we're going to do. And that would not have flown. So this isn't to say that you can't, you know, that it's not normal to have kind of a, a fantasy that your partner can do and be everything, nor that it's not normal to say, oh, I wish sometimes that I could, you know, have sex with that guy at work, you know, but I'm not going to would be how the healthier uh, response style would be because I'm loving and committed to my partner. And you know what? My partner is really who I picked and I picked him for these exact same personality traits that now are annoying. So for example, this woman frequently, I mean, it's directly what I said before about the gender inverse. She'll be like, why doesn't he tell the kids why, why doesn't he give stricter rules to the kids? Why does he let the kids walk all over him? That's the funniest one. Why does he let the kids walk all over him? What did he do with you? <laughs> you know, he let you walk all over him too. So he's the same person. And then, of course, the converse, the man who thinks that, that you know, his wife is, is such a, you know... Um, a bitch with the kids, and why does she like making them do this, 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 and this, and she's not very warm, and she's uh, always up their ass, she was the same thing with you, and these are frequently the men that say, oh, it was so great, when I met my wife, I had no direction in life, and she helped me, she helped me with the finances, she helped me build this business, she encouraged me to go back to school, I hear this stuff all the time. And then it's like she's doing the same tiger mom stuff with the kids. She was basically a tiger girlfriend and she's going to be the same person. So it, this does not mean that all of a sudden, given this podcast, your life problems disappear. It's just like the the basic idea of cognitive reframing is to understand that 
things make sense. Things are consistent. There are positives and there are negatives. And your life isn't all negative, or it's not all positive either, but it's not all negative. It isn't like, oh, I'm in such this terrible situation because my wife is so hard on my children and this is, you know, the, the worst thing in the whole world. It's like to say, well, I liked parts of it. Parts of this were good for me. I wonder then if parts of it are also going to be good for the kids in this type of example. But it's like this with everything. Like if you got this woman who is like super hot, sexy, and flirtatious, and this is the most exciting woman you were ever with, you met her at a party, you went home with her the first night, she's not going to put on, um, you know, an Amish outfit after this, after you're married, and never look at another man full with full eye contact. You know, I mean, like she's still going to be the same vivacious personality. She is probably going to be faithful if she's like the majority of women, but she's not going to turn into a different human being. And so like basically the reason that people have fantasies that their partner will be totally different with them is this, um, you know, very human, normal, uh, you know, functional, um, I mean, it's not functional when it gets to the extremes, but overall, it's it's a normal sort of fantasy to be somebody's special person. And that is functional because if you think that your partner is somewhat different with you than they are with everybody else, that those rose-colored glasses are adaptive and they allow people to fall in love. You can't fall in love if you're like, well, you know, um, here I am, 25, and my wife, you know, my uh, potential, my girlfriend who I want to marry here is 24 and biological. She's at the time when she wants to have children, and I tick off certain boxes, given her imago. So honestly, that's probably why she wants to be with me. Also, she has certain fantasies that may not be borne out about my character that are just projected from romantic movies. You can't fall in love like that. So there's an adaptive quality to feel that your relationship is special and that you're going to be somebody's special person. And the more that you believe in this, the more that you can co-create it with your spouse and actually be one another's special people. But you just have to keep your bar not like beyond high. Your bar has to be achievable by your partner. So for example, like let's say that you want your your spouse to be a little bit more... Um, you know, give it, be a little bit more assertive with the kids. If you understand that this is the same person that let you walk all over them pretty much, which you kind of liked and let you live your best life for a long time before kids, you could be like, okay, what should my expectations be? Maybe my expectation should just be that I'm the disciplinarian. You know, that could be my expectations because that makes sense given the rest of our dynamic. Or maybe my um, expectation should be that they just don't call her on the couch, right? You know, like, like well, we're going to keep it low, you know, or, or they don't, you know, like fires in the home, like whatever. But the thing is, you got to understand your partner. The more you can understand your partner within a really large context, their family of origin, how they were with you originally, their secret inner world their hopes and expectations also. A lot of this stuff is sussed out in couples counseling if this seems like an insurmountable, like how the fuck would I figure that stuff out? Uh, you could, couples counseling is good. 
Um, but it, the more you understand them and the more layers with which you um, have, the more lenses that you have to look at them through, then the better your relationship is going to be because then you're looking at them as a person rather than a fantastical artifact of your own subconscious, which isn't going to work because then they're always going to do things that you don't like, you don't expect, you don't predict because you're hoping for them to be this idealized version of, you know, this ultimate and fulfilling love. And to basically be, um, you know, a Stepford spouse, which they cannot be. And I'm going to talk about that Stepford wife idea in the next podcast about the sex. About the sex. As as though that clears anything up. (laughs) I have many about sex and the sex and whatever. But anyhow, I hope that you got something out of this podcast. What you should do really is... um, only share it with your spouse if they want to hear me. I can't stress that enough. Um, but think about it yourself. Think about it and even write out, like, what are the things I most dislike about my spouse? Did I like these things when it was earlier in our relationship? You know, and like, if so, am I being a little harsh here? You know, I mean, it, there's, there's just infinity examples. Like you feel like your wife spends too much money now, but when you met her, like you had never been with somebody so spontaneous and open. Your family was a bunch of frugal hard asses and, you know, you, you just thought that she loved life and now all of a sudden you're changing the rules, et cetera, et cetera. I see this equivalently across gender. There's no such bullshit that like, you know, men don't get disappointed with their wives as much. Yes, they do. Give me a break. And um, think about it, introspect, and I will catch up with you guys later. Bye-bye.